Hello, and welcome to the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. I'm Erin Del Conte, Executive Editor of C-Store Decisions Magazine. Thank you for joining us. Please sit back and enjoy as we talk all things convenience retailing. But first, a word from our sponsor. Are your on-site managers losing hours every week to time-consuming workforce scheduling? Are your locations understaffed during busy periods? Are your associates calling out or quitting over scheduling issues? With AI-powered workforce management and employee self-service, Reflexus Workforce Scheduler eliminates inefficiencies in labor, budgeting, forecasting, and scheduling, simplifying your labor operations and unleashing the power of your on-site associates. To learn more, contact Reflexus Systems, now part of Zebra Technologies. You can also find them online at reflexusinc.com. That's R-E-F-L-E-X-I-S-I-N-C.com. Today we're here with Kelsey Capolino, Category Manager for United Pacific. Kelsey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's so good to be here. So you are a Category Manager for United Pacific. What categories do you manage? Um, the most fun ones, um, adult beverage. So I cover beer, wine, and spirits for um, all of our stores. Excellent. All that hard seltzer that is uh, so popular right now. Yes, totally. So we are talking about being a woman in the convenience store industry for the sake of this podcast. I'm having conversations with women in convenience. And, you know, as I've done two so far and uh, with women who are in Generation X, so you're my, my third guest, Kelsey. And, you know, something that has kind of come up, you know, as we've been talking is we're realizing that depending on what generation you are, you know, we have different perceptions of, you know, what maybe the challenges are, um, what kind of work we still need to do uh, in terms of, of being a woman in the workplace. Um, so to kind of kick us off, what generation are you a part of? So I'm a part of the millennial generation. I actually just turned 31 like four days ago. So I'm turning the quarter into the 30s. So I'm, I'm, I'm a part of the generation that started shaking up retail about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're, you're a younger millennial. Yeah. And so, so as a younger millennial, you know, how do you feel that the time period where you kind of came of age, how has that shaped your experience as a woman in business? Yeah, so it's interesting. So basically when I started in business, it was at the time where everyone was trying to promote goods and services to everyone who was my age, the younger millennial. And, you know, as older generations were trying to figure out how to sell, you know, goods and services to us, we were also entering the the workforce. And so, you know, trying to navigate the workforce at the same time as people were trying to figure us out on the retail side, you know, we we speak differently, we write emails differently, you know, we approach conversation more casually. So there was a lot of change happening within the workforce. And I was, you know, at the time, you know, it was a little bit messy, but it was, it was such a good experience to be able to bring that light into a workforce as we were also trying to promote, you know, goods and services to um, us as a consumer, as a millennial generation. Very interesting. So talk to me a little bit more about when you first joined the convenience store industry and and when you started at United Pacific. You know, what were some of your your kind of earliest experiences and and when did that come about? Yeah, so I started at United Pacific about four years ago um, and it was kind of my entryway into the C-store industry as a whole. I was 
exposed to kind of C-store type of selling in my previous roles, um, but like the whole robustness of a convenience store and how to how to run it, multiple categories, and then adding into, you know, the, the gas factor as well. Um, United Pacific was really my first experience. And, and what really attracted me to the company is there was, you know, some women in high leadership roles. One of them was our, uh, or is our CLO, uh, Corey Cardwell, who um, has been with the company since I have been there. There was also a senior director uh, for retail um, that's no longer with the company anymore, but it was definitely what attracted me to our company. Um, and you know the, the youthfulness of our company compared to other companies I had worked for um, as far as being diverse, um, definitely women in leadership roles and, you know, continue that on to today. I, you know, we still have such a strong representation of women in, in leadership positions. And one of them being my mentor, who is a director of operations, um, has really guided me through uh, the convenience store industry um, and United Pacific as a whole. That's so great. And, you know, what do you think it, it does having that, you know, having other women to look up to in leadership roles and sort of having that mentor relationship you know, how do you feel that makes a difference in, in being able to be successful as a woman in business? So I think women in, in general like um, having sounding boards, you know, whether it's talking to your friends, talking to your spouse, you know, kind of like getting this constant reassurance of like, am I doing things correctly? And so when you have that person or this mentor in a, in a higher leadership role, it really does help guide you when you're trying to navigate the business world and in the convenience store world. And, and kind of shape who you want to be. And if we didn't have that, then there's definitely, you know, I don't think women would have progressed as, as fast as they do in convenience um, and especially within our company because of these, you know, executives and, you know, people in leadership roles and strong leadership roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's so important to have that and it can make just such a difference in, in comfort level and, uh, you know, women's just seeing that it's possible, seeing that it makes a difference if you, if you strive, that you can, you can also get there, seeing the, uh, a path created for you. Definitely, yeah. And, and, and it, it helps to just navigating, you know, difficult conversations, you know, kind of trying to shape the way or where you want to be in your role at any large company to have that, that woman that has, you know, paved the way for someone, you know, you can really look up to and help with examples of, you know, how they got there. And, you know, I think as more and more women get into these leadership roles, it, it'll just, you know, trickle down to the younger generations and, you know, just help them boost their confidence and help them boost their way and, and navigate their way through, through any business situation. Great. So, you know, you mentioned before how your generation, younger millennials, kind of shaking things up, changing things up, shaking up retail. So what would you say are some of the obstacles or the issues that women in your generation faced or are facing as they compare to other generations? You know, so compared to Gen Z, compared to Gen X, what's kind of unique about the obstacles that you think millennial women specifically are facing? Um, I think one of the biggest is social media and just the presence of social media that we have these days. Um, it's, you know, this unrealistic expectation that you see on, you know, Instagram or any other social media platform. And, you know, you see others um, either in business or outside um, of business, you know, presenting this glow of what their life is. And, you know, it's almost like a pressure to keep up to this, like this fake persona. And 
having that pressure as a, as a young person and also trying to navigate something like that in the real world, they necessarily aren't really compatible. And so, you know, take social media out for the older generation, you know, they're competing with people that are within their social circle or within their office circle, but then now adding social media in, you know, you're competing with millions and millions and millions of people on the internet as, as much as you are, you know, within your 50 person office or however, how large it is and, or with your social circle of friends. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely such a huge factor, um, having that resource and having, you know, just being constantly exposed to social media. Mm -hmm. Gets overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, it's, it's interesting being a millennial, my age, it's, it's, I personally am not super devoted to social media, but I definitely see others. Um, it, so it's kind of a 50-50 split, I would think, um, of people who really focus on social media and the millennial generation. I, I can't speak to the generation younger because I know that they're way more inundated in social media than um, a millennial is. But, you know, it's, it's that expectation to keep up, to look a certain way, act a certain way, um, not only on the internet, but in, in real life as well. And they mm-hmm. tend to not, you know, mesh well together. Mm-hmm. What are some uh, what are some other obstacles that you feel like your generation is facing? So being a young mother as well, um, I have an 18 month old. Um, I know on Friday we were supposed to you know be speaking, but you know she she had a little bit of a cold, so she couldn't go to school. And so kind of having that, the kids and the family to navigate and and being, you know, you want to be present for both work and your child, um, but you know the expectation of of wanting to reach, you know, higher levels in, in, in business, you have to devote so much more time to work, but also you have a family to, you know, to watch after. Um, and so kind of finding that work-life balance and that expectation of a mother, um, and also being, you know, a force in, in, in whatever work environment you work in, um, is a huge challenge. And, I know from personal experience, you know, I'm off from maternity leave for three months and, you know, my expectation is, you know, I come back full force the first day I come back to work, but um, is that a false reality? Is that something that is supported? It's definitely a challenge uh, because of just the lack of resources and, and the pressure to come back just as strong as when you left is still there, but you also have to come home and, you know, be a mom at the same time. Mm-hmm. And have the energy for for all the things, and I'm really hearing what you're talking about, like the the expectations, right? Both in the, what you were saying about social media, and the expectations between being a mom and then being, you know, at 100 percent at work, uh, and the pressure involved in in both of those things. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and like the definition of having it all, you know, has changed because women are, you know, being in these key leadership roles that it's really hard to dedicate yourself to the office of, you know, working 70 hours a week to get to that C level suite, but also you have to, you know, cook dinner for your family or turn around and be a mom. So it's really hard to devote all your time to both and be successful at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause I was, I was talking about that in a, a previous podcast too, cause I'm an older millennial. Um, and I think for a lot of, for a lot of my generation who kind of right just under Gen X, um, and a little different maybe than, than what some of the younger millennials have had to deal with, with social media and all of that. But 
you know, I remember watching people older than me and just thinking like, wow, like, you know, it just seems exhausting trying to, trying to do everything, trying to, to have it all. And I think in the older millennials, you know, a lot of the conversation was, well, you can have it all, but not all at the same time. It right. sounds like for, for younger millennials, maybe there's still that pressure to, to try to do it all at once. Or how do you see that? Yeah, I, I think it is like trying to do it all at once. And especially being someone who is, you know, in their younger thirties, I still see myself as I'm, I'm clawing up to the spot. I, I want to be in my career and, you know, I also don't want to dismiss my family, but I also have this expectation of what my, my work life will look like. Um, and so I feel like I'm on the younger end of children. I know a lot of people are having kids older because they want that, they, they want to be at that point in their career where they're comfortable and, you know, having kids later in life, which is great, but it, it definitely changes how you, how you navigate, you know, getting into like higher leadership roles or, or, you know, your expectation at work. We are navigating it in a different way because we don't have that example of what it was in the older generations. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So in talking to, to Gen X, uh, two women from Gen X, both of them talked about the challenge of finding their voice and claiming their space, feeling comfortable, speaking freely, and really giving their true opinion freely in male-dominated spaces, as opposed to trying to kind of fit into what people maybe expected them to be and, and making sure everyone else was kind of comfortable. Um, but both of them pointed out that they saw younger millennials as having an easier time with this, meaning, you know, having an easier time stating their true opinions and just saying what they're going to say and other people can just kind of deal with with how they feel about it. So I, I'm interested, how have you found finding your voice as a woman in business? How has that been for you? Yeah, so I've actually never had a problem. Your, you know, your your previous guests were spot on with this. Um, I've never had a problem finding my voice. Um, I, you know, grew up in a very um, opinionated, you know, boisterous family. I also, you know, was an athlete, so you know, my voice on the field was is something I carried over into into the business world. I think the biggest challenge, and you know, one of the things I still see to this day is as boisterous and, and loud and as opinionated I am, it, it's a different voice than what previous generations have seen, especially from women, because we are, we are more casual. Um, we are more, you know, personal, like a, we share a lot more things about our personal life and conversation, whether it's examples um, or, you know, we bring a different spark to the table. So it's not as formal as, you know, previous um, generations would have brought their voice, especially with women. Um, we're not as, you know, calm and collected um, in certain environments. And sometimes that's seen as, you know, there's plenty of books and articles, you know, on, on whether it, you know, you're, you're coming across as aggressive or, you know, or, or whiny as a woman, but it's also a different voice than what people have heard in the past. So as far as finding my voice, I've always found it, but as far as navigating the perception of what I'm saying it and how I'm saying it is, is still a challenge to these days. And I, and, you know, luckily at United Pacific, we have a very young uh, <clears throat> work environment, so it's not as difficult, but when I meet with certain vendors that are of the older generations, it's, it's definitely something that they are taken back by. Mm-hmm. And you said something there about, you know, not as formal as other generations. And I'm wondering if, if part of what you're saying you know, like I've observed a lot of older generations, you know, family and anything outside of work is kind of kept 
you know, in some circles kind of kept away and, and maybe younger generations are, are going to be more personal about here's what I did this weekend and here's my family and here's what I'm dealing with. Do you, do you kind of see it that way? Like more of an openness about life or, or Definitely, what do you mean? Yeah. So and so that's, you know, that kind of like the, the, the more personal aspect that you're bringing to the table, like, you know, there's no shame in talking about what you, you know, you, what you did this weekend. And, you know, especially with the category that I oversee adult beverage, I mean, I, I talk a lot about examples of like my real life situations and I bring that to the table and I love to, you know, gather information from everyone in my office of like, you know, what, what beer did you drink this weekend? Or, you know, all these different aspects that would have probably seemed a little odd before is now just, you know, a way from me bringing a personal aspect to my work environment. Um, and that is something that I think the millennial generation does a great job of. Mm-hmm. Cool. And how have you seen your generation kind of edging things forward you know, as far as, as both women and also minority inclusion and voices in the workplace? I think we still have a long way to go. I think we've made some progress, but especially within C-Store and oil in general, um, it's still very male dominated. It's great uh, to see like trade magazines like like yours and others, you know, start to honor and, and honor women, um, especially stand out because it will just encourage the younger generation to work harder to get that recognition. Like additionally, I also work in the adult beverage segment. So um, that always has tend to be a lot more male dominated. And so whenever I get an account manager that is a woman or a woman in like a higher leadership role for a big beer company, it's very exciting for me to see. Um, and it just makes me personally want to work harder. And I think that's what um, younger generations will see as well from millennials and, you know, older millennials and the next generation up. Mm-hmm. And so you, you touched on this a little bit, but you know, what do you think are some of the challenges in our culture today that continue to disproportionately impact women in the workforce that we still need to focus on and address? So I think it's just more women in leadership roles for you know the younger generations to look up to. Um, like I've said before, I mean, I'm very lucky United Pacific because we do have a very inclusive work environment and there are women in very strong leadership roles that I do look up to, that I do you know, take examples from. It would be difficult for for me to you know want to work for another company that didn't have as much women in leadership, and I think that um, is something that the younger generation looks for, you know, as far as like a cultural standpoint um, within a company. Why do you think that is? Do you think that's so they know that they'll be you know treated as an equal, or, or why do you think they look for that? I think it's because they're, it's just known that there's open opportunity for them to be successful. I mean, it's someone that they can see themselves being in, you know, 10 or 15 years or however long it takes. But it's the fact that it's the company is open, um, their cultural development, they encourage women in leadership roles, I think is a huge thing for the younger generation to see before they, you know, pick their employer um, or want to move to a, a, a certain company to work for. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what drove me to United Pacific. But do I think it needs to be changed on, on more of a global scale? I definitely do. Mm-hmm. And I, I had kind of cut you off there to, to ask that question. Were there any other challenges that you wanted to, to mention that you feel kind of are disproportionately still impacting women? Yeah, I think the more benefits and assistance for young mothers um, who value their job just as much as their family. I mean, we I live in California. Childcare is insanely expensive. It's also, I start my work day about 7.30. It's, you know, to, to shuffle a kid out the door and, you know, luckily we're still working from home for the pandemic. Um, but 
getting ready to go to the office and be present um, and switch that on is, is, is pretty difficult. I grew up in a family who my mom was a very powerful in her workforce. And um, we had somebody come to the house in the morning to, you know, to help while she got ready for work. And that was her priority. That is very difficult to do these days just because of the cost of mm-hmm. everything. Um, and then the lack of, you know, support potentially from the office, you know, if, if, different work times, you know, like I said, putting in that 70 hours a week is like what the expectation is Mm -hmm. um, to be able to, you know, achieve your goals um, in your career. What solutions do you envision? You know, like if you could kind of control everything or, you know, as you move up, you know, what do you hope to see in the next, say, five, 10 years uh, in terms of how things might evolve? I think as we are rolling into this new work from home environment, I think challenging what the boundaries are as far as, you know, when you're present on your computer and working and when you're present for your family, um, where right now it is still blended. And even, you know, before having to go work from home and it's still a very blended environment. I, I mean, I, I definitely see emails from people I receive on Sundays and, and I know that they have families and I know that they're taking time away from their families to be able to respond, but it's that boundary um, that, you know, companies need to establish. And I think as women, um, especially women with families get into these leadership roles, they're definitely going to challenge that um, and, and put, you know, pretty decent strict boundaries on, you know, this work-life balance and redefining of what having it all means. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, and that affects, you know, everyone, women as as well as men who want to, who want to spend time with their families and, uh, you know, moving away from that 24-hour work culture or having off hours, you know, I I agree that it could be such a, a big, a big benefit, you know, to everyone involved. Exactly, exactly. So for our Gen Z women who are, are listening today, you know, they're just getting started in their careers, you know, graduating from college and whatnot. What would you like to say to them? What do you wish you knew? What advice do you have um, that you'd like to leave them with today? Really great question. So one of the big things that I learned early in my career that I wish everyone would learn is uh, to have, learn how to have difficult conversations and difficult conversations early on. Um, especially for women, this is really hard to do. Um, it's based, you know, standing up for yourself, you know, making an impact, but also paving your way. Um, and especially when things are not going well for yourself in your career, um, like when you're not happy with your salary, learn how to speak up and have that conversation with your employer, you know, having conflict with your peer or boss, you know, having that difficult conversation to resolve and to move on and, you know, to create this, you know, power. Um, It is a very difficult, it's not easy. I'm still, you know, working on it. I work on it every day, having these difficult, difficult conversations, but that is something I notice in a lot of women in leadership roles is they can have those difficult conversations, especially with, you know, the people that work for them, um, you know, to create an environment that you want to create and to move and to navigate the business world um, as you, as you want. I think that, you know, it is something that the younger generation might be better at, who knows, <laughs> mm-hmm. than, and then millennials or, you know, the, the generation above us because they are more boisterous and opinionated. But, you know, that is definitely something that I encourage Gen Z women to, to learn how to do early on. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. It definitely took time for me early on in my career to feel comfortable having difficult conversations. Uh, you know, and I consider that part of finding your voice. 
I think a, a lot of us as women are taught, don't be difficult, don't rock the boat, just be agreeable, don't be too aggressive, but you can go too far in that direction too, right. where you're not standing up and not advocating. Um, right. So I think that is such needed advice and, and such good advice. Right, exactly. Yeah, and one of the one of the big things I work on uh, with my mentor at my company is also setting boundaries. You know, as women, you know, we love we love picking up the pieces. You know, where we see like shortcomings in our, in our coworkers. You know, I'll, I'll volunteer to do this. I'll assist you with this. And you know, if you don't set up those boundaries, you are now soon and overwhelmed with you know not only your work but other people's work. And so it's 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 also you know being able to set up boundaries. And that is something I definitely continue to work on. And you know, Gen Z women, you know, should continue to work on that as well. Wonderful. I think that's, that's really great advice. Um, Kelsey, thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing your perspective. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope you have a happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day was yesterday. And yeah, uh, I hope you have a good rest of your week. Yeah, you too. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. For more podcasts, visit cstoredecisions.com or follow me on Twitter at cstoreD underscore Aaron. That's cstoreD underscore E-R-I-N.